Welcome to He Read, She Read, the podcast where a couple of married bookworms discuss what they're reading and learning. Today we're sharing our favorite books about President Abraham Lincoln. I'm Curtis. And I'm Chelsea. Here at He Read, She Read, we talk about books. We publish bi-weekly episodes on the second and fourth weeks of each month, and sometimes one of those episodes is a book discussion. In March, we'll discuss The Duchess Deal, a steamy historical romance full of humor and Shakespeare references. Make sure you're following us on Instagram for buddy read news and other announcements at He Read, She Read. You can also get in touch with us via email at Podcast at gmail.com. And you can find a list of all the books we mentioned in today's episode at hereadsheread.org. If you're enjoying He Read, She Read, please take a few minutes to write a review on Apple Podcasts to help more bookworms find our show. You could also send a link to a friend and share your favorite episode of He Read, She Read with them, or post on social media, share the podcast in your Instagram stories. All of these things help people find us, get book recommendations, and keep the podcast going. Curtis, it's... Right around President's Day, when this episode releases. Yep. Last week was President's Day. I don't really know why we have President's Day anymore. <laughs> like, there's really no point to it. National holidays. You know, yeah. gotta, gotta give some people the time off. Can't complain. You yeah. get a day off, but... Yeah. Workers' revolts and all that. <laughs> but you love presidential biographies. Have for so. years and years. Always been a big presidential history buff. Yeah, so we thought this would be a fun opportunity to talk about one of your favorite presidents and presidential biographies in general. Today we're talking about Abraham Lincoln. I think he has to be my favorite because I have a picture of him hanging up in our house. Yeah. I also have a picture of Washington hanging up in my office, so it's, you know. And I also like Roosevelt. I dressed up like Roosevelt once. <laughs> These are all you know, neither here nor there, but the, it factors into the decision making. But I was a big Civil War history buff when I was a kid. Um, we took trips and went to Gettysburg, did a couple of the East Coast movements and looking at battlefields and talking about places. And Lincoln was somebody that I always admired and read a lot about when I was younger and continued into adulthood and kind of discovered more about how he was more complicated and not as basic as everybody wants to have him be. That's how all of our public figures are, right? That's yeah. the beauty of biographies is they color in the shades of gray. Yeah. So started off like just the idealistic picture, like he's the tragic figure that was the unifying force during the like Civil War, and then he was assassinated, so he's got this forever place in history that everybody wants to elevate him up on this pedestal so it started off as that and then it kind of just grows into a more complicated analysis of a guy who was really ambitious and was you know did a lot of good things but also expanded the power of the presidency a lot more than probably people wanted him to and made some difficult decisions so yeah i'm a big nerd (laughs) curtis is a big nerd sums it up end of episode we can we can go now. <laughs> mic drop. Don't drop the mic. It's expensive. Um, but then another kind of book-related topic of this is, you know, there's so many books about presidents. There's so many books about Lincoln specifically, which we'll talk about later. And it's a little bit of fatigue and topic saturation. It's like if you have a dad who just likes World War II biographies, it's just like, oh, do you get another World War II biography? There's like, always one more. Yeah. I mean, there's a new... World War II story releasing every single year. There's a new Lincoln book every single year, if not twice a year. So it's kind of, we're trying to find ways to weed through the saturation and in a crowded market, try to find the ones that are good. How do you do that? 
What are your strategies for finding which biographies are worth reading? I stick to authors that I know and respect. And then there's also this thing called the Lincoln Prize, which is an organization that donates um, a monetary prize to whoever does the most. It's it's kind of blended into overall Civil War history, but started off just being Lincoln-related. So it's a good benchmark to look at me like, okay, this these are noted scholars in the field and they recognize somebody who has contributed greatly with their work. I think this most recent year was the Frederick Douglass book, which I need to get as well. Um, cause I think that that might have won a Pulitzer too. Or a National Book Award, one of the It two. won some kind of an award. Yeah, but you can see like that's another way to look at it is like the National Book rankings, the Pulitzers. I've got some Pulitzer winners that I'm going to talk about. I would think even like the New York Times bestselling list, because if it's on the bestseller list, well, people can buy themselves on the bestseller list. There's like a whole thing about that. But right. if it's sort of on the like popular reads lists, typically that means that it's uh, an enjoyable read. Yeah. Like... It might be kind of dense, but it usually those lists, like if it's more popular, it is readable and, you know, more widely appealing, I think. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the most recent thing. Like, I think there's this trap in biography or history that the most recent thing has to be the best thing because it has all the new sources. It's not like there's new sources popping up everywhere. You got to find an author that you enjoy reading that puts it in a certain way. Like, I love... DKG, so it's something that we'll talk about later with Doris Kearns Goodwin, but she has a way of writing that I really relate to and enjoy, and there's other authors like that in the biography realm um, that you just enjoy their voice and the Mm -hmm. way that they describe things, too. So I'd say that's the way that I look at it is find authors that I stick to, look at the lists of either um, award winners, and then stick with somebody who focuses on that so like a lincoln prize or a civil war society that identifies something that's really good and if you're like me you just don't read presidential biographies at all it's the safest way to do it i have read uh i i can listen to some of them on audio i listened to hamilton's biography by ron chernow Mm mm-hmm and I listened to an Abigail Adams biography. Yeah, we both did. That was on a uh, road trip. Did we both listen to that? Yeah, I remember it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's it as far as the biographies. I if I'm gonna read nonfiction, I much prefer like memoir or essays. Biography isn't usually my thing. Yeah. Do you think if Lincoln and Mary Todd had a more like functional? relationship you would find them more interesting probably not (laughs) (laughs) i don't really care about her either yeah yeah yeah, i like history um and i mean i could see i guess i could see myself like listening to a podcast about lincoln or something broken up into episodes i don't know i've just never been a big biography reader especially like the biographies that you read are often so chunky Mm -hmm. and huge um i don't I don't have a thousand pages of time. presidential interest in me. Well, that or the time, <laughs> the time. to dedicate. <laughs> you, is, you make the time, though. All right. Well, uh, later on in this episode, we will help people weed through the Lincoln content a little bit with sharing some of our favorite books about the president. Um, 
but first we're going to start off with our book reviews. So what's a book that you have read recently and enjoyed, Curtis? Well, I kind of wanted to do something Lincoln related. So since he's a lawyer, I picked uh, the 101 Things I Learned in Law School. And I don't. Uh, it's by Vibeki Norgard Martin. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, with Matthew Friedrich. So they do a, a couple of these. It's 101 Things I Learned series. and This one was from, uh, I think, Random House sent it to us. Thanks to Random House for providing this for us. So it's kind of, I don't know how I would describe it. It's got like uh, some case law and some jokes and some like, it's got some lawyer jokes in there, which I like. And it's, I'll be honest, I read it in the bathroom. I was going to say, it looks like a bathroom book. It's a bathroom book. Um, not to disparage the book at all, but it's a good way to like go through it. It like You don't have to read it in order. It's one of those books that you can just like flip open and read a couple of fun facts yeah. and then learn and, something. And I think the best way that I could describe it is that it's got some cases that are interesting and some anecdotes from uh, talking about actually what people learned in law school. And it was enjoyable. So if it wasn't enjoyable, I wouldn't have talked about it. But do you feel like you learned stuff about law? Not really. I don't think it's meant to be like that level in depth. Okay, one of the things I liked was an hour might turn into 116 minutes if you're in the legal profession because lawyers bill in six minute or one tenth of an hour increments. So a 3.1 minute phone call could result in being billed for six minutes. They bill in six-minute increments? Yeah. It says usually, so I don't know. Like, there might be lawyers that listen that say that they don't do that, but it must be, you know, something that they do on the regular if they talk about it in this book. Interesting. So, I, the best thing that I can say about it is I learned something about a couple of cases that I hadn't heard of, and I don't think it increased my interest in the legal profession, but it was fun. Cool. How about you? I listened to an excellent audiobook. I really liked Slay by Brittany Morris. I liked it on audio. The narrator was excellent, but I'm sure it would be equally as good on paper. So Slay is about a 17-year-old, Kiera, and she goes to a fancy prep academy and she's one of the only black kids there she's an honor student a math tutor um but she just feels sort of out of place um and at home she has invented this multiplayer online like role play card game kind of thing called slay but the key is that you have to be black to play. So it's like this big community of thousands of black gamers who play this game together. And she is anonymous. Nobody knows that it's her who developed the game and who works on it. Um, But she just feels like that's her sanctuary and where she can really be herself. And it is really representative of the black diaspora in the sense that it's just such a diverse array of people who play this game. Um, so unfortunately a crime happens and the game is somehow related to the crime. And so once the news of the game gets to the mainstream media, um, the game is of course labeled as exclusionary and violent and 
it's she's just dragged through the mud basically although she's able to sort of remain anonymous she has to deal with her game being um colored by the media in a certain way that's really unfair so she wants to save her game save this world where she is free to be herself and people are able to practice their identities in a safe environment um and that means facing an online troll so it's an excellent book um i really liked listening to it lots of um good plot that moves it forward brings up some good social points and debate um really brings across the point that the black experience is so incredibly vast and no single story will ever fully explain it or grasp it um and that safe places where you can be yourself are super important super important and that um exclusion and racism are very different things um so yeah, I it made me think it was really good and I have been kind of not reading YA lately unless it's audio. Mm-hmm. So this kind of continues with that trend where I appreciate it on audio. I don't know if I would have taken the time to read it otherwise. So gotta okay. love those audiobooks. Nice. This episode is brought to you by Libro FM. Many of us want to improve our reading lives by reading more and audiobooks are a great way to fit reading in during a busy season. That's where our favorite audiobook app, Libro.fm, comes in. Libro.fm lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite indie bookstore. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including new releases, current bestsellers, and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as Audible, but you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. To get started, all you need is a smartphone and the free Libro.fm app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from the people who know audiobooks best, local booksellers. Listeners of He Rich, He Read podcast can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. That's three audiobook credits for the price of one. And get this, it's the same price as Audible. Exactly the same price, but with a better mission. We've made the switch to Libro.fm and hope you will too. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter the promo code HRSR or go through the link in our show notes. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. Okay, so back to the main topic. I think that you should definitely kick us off with a link and recommendation. So according to NPR, there's over 15,000 books that have been written about Abraham Lincoln, and they actually shared a photo uh, that we'll share with this episode of them all stacked up in a tower. And like I mentioned at the start, uh, something about how to weed through that money books is to find an author that you really like. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Doris Kearns Goodwin, who wrote Team of Rivals and then also Leadership in Turbulent Times, which deal uh, with Lincoln. So Team of Rivals is her first book on the subject, which she wrote in 2005. And it talks about how Lincoln formed his cabinet to in order to get stuff done. So... I think at least three of the members of his cabinet had run against him for president in 1860. And then kind of how that formation of people that didn't agree with him on everything, but were also very good in their fields kind of made the collective group stronger. And then this book was actually ended up uh, being the basis for the 2012 Steven Spielberg movie Lincoln uh, with Daniel Day-Lewis that won a bunch of awards and is a good movie, which I would also recommend. And then Leadership in Turbulent Times, which I think I've talked about on this show before, uh, deals with 
Lincoln, Franklin Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, and Lyndon Johnson. And Goodwin takes all of their leadership styles and then compares them to each other. So I liked, I think I might actually enjoy leadership in Turbulent Times more than Team of Rivals, just because I like the comparison of Lincoln's personality to like FDR or Teddy and just kind of how they led differently through different times of crisis. One thing that she talks about in Leadership in Turbulent Times is something that people don't always associate with Lincoln is just how ambitious he was and wanted to do something to get his name recognized and be part of history and kind of the methodical way that he went about that. The same thing when I read Washington by Ron Chernow and you kind of discover that you know there's been this label that's placed on these guys that they're just really pure of heart and doing the right thing at the right time but really they just have this driving force behind what they're doing and the decisions that they're making is to try to get them a place in the history books and where they want to be remembered so like i said i like leadership in turbulent times a little bit better but if you want more in-depth analysis on lincoln's cabinet and kind of the decisions that he made when bringing the people around him uh, team of rivals is a great one Gotta love DKG. She's the best. Legitimately the best. I'll, I'll take your word for it. No, I, I feel like if I were to pick up a presidential biography, she's probably where I would start. Just because I think I would prefer her writing to any, like, Chernow or who are the other ones? Edmund um, Morris. Morris. I think I'd like DKG TJ better. Styles. So you, you might like... Um, those compilation books, so like Forged in Crisis was a good one where it has multiple people, mm-hmm. um, and then Leadership in Turbulent Times is about different people, so that might help your attention span with it more. Maybe. Right. Maybe. <laughs> so you don't really read a lot about Lincoln, so I'm interested to see what your recommendations are. Well, my recommendation is Lincoln and the Bardo by George Saunders, and... I listened to this one on audio, again with the audiobooks. Can you tell that I like audio? (laughs) Um, I tell friends when they're about to read this one that if they're listening to the audiobook, it's kind of, it's very literary and jumps around a lot and is kind of hard to like get your grounding in this book, but the way that it worked for me is I, as I was listening, imagined it as a stage play and then everything really came together for me. So George Saunders, um, he, this is his, actually his first novel, but he's written a bunch of other stuff. Um, but this book is told in almost like a Greek chorus kind of way. Um, and it's based on a true story. So February, 1862, Civil War, we're only a year into it. Um, The fighting is getting pretty bad. But in the meantime, President Lincoln's 11-year-old son, Willie, is super ill and he dies and he is buried in the Georgetown Cemetery. And um, Lincoln was incredibly grief-stricken and apparently newspapers from the time reported that Lincoln returned to the crypt several times just to go and hold his boy and mourn in private. So from that story, George Saunders then takes that and he invents these 
ghosts and this afterlife um, and this narration that sort of like deals with life versus death and takes an interesting view of Lincoln from these ghost characters. So it's very imaginative, kind of weird, very literary. And like I said, it can be kind of difficult to get your footing on this one and figure out exactly like what's going on. But I had great success with it, imagining it on the stage, like a very sparse stage. Um, I think that it was picked up for a movie by... I think Nick Offerman purchased the movie rights. He's one of the audiobook narrators. Hmm. I've heard some people really liked reading it in print. Some people prefer the audio. I'm once again, my trick is just to imagine it on the stage. And then some of the nonlinear elements click into place a little bit more. So the audiobook also has like, gosh, I don't know, like 20 different narrators or something like that. It's, there's a different voice for every character, and it's really incredible. So it's not really about Lincoln, um, but he's he's in it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably my favorite Lincoln book. Okay. It sounds interesting. I'm actually, if Nick Offerman ends up doing something with it. I have a really hard time imagining it as a movie, but I really think it would make a great stage adaptation. And I'm kind of surprised that he wouldn't go that way because he famously enjoys theater. Yeah, he's been in theater and doing that type of stuff. I think that you would list, you would prefer the audiobook version if you do ever pick that one up. I've been getting more into the audio lately. Yeah. So. All right, what is your next Linkit book? Um, I think I'm just going to talk about both of these, one after the other. Um, so these aren't specifically about Lincoln, but more about the context of the Civil War as a whole. But again, if you think 15,000 books about Lincoln, there's even more about than that about the Civil War in general. So I'm going to highlight the best single volume book and then a documentary that I really enjoy that I think does the best job of trying to capture that large well, what am I trying to say? Like capture his role in that yeah. huge... Yeah, and then also does the best job of taking a large subject matter and kind of condensing it down mm, the best. Yeah. Um, so the book is The Battle Cry of Freedom by James McPherson. So this is part of the large Oxford history of the United States, which I think is a 10-volume set, uh, but this is just, the I think, the sixth book in that. And the title is taken from a song that was written around that time. And the book really focuses on interpretations of freedom and what that means for the people who fought in the Civil War on the different sides of it. And then also talks about how Lincoln was focused on that aspect of keeping the country together. So... Again, it's one of those where it's a large subject matter. It covers from the Mexican-American War all the way up until Reconstruction. But I think it does the best job of, in a single volume, again, this is going to completely turn you off, but it's 900 pages. But, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, but I think it does... Some of our listeners are like, yeah, yeah. finally, Curtis recommended a 900-page book about the Civil War. <laughs> We've been waiting. Um, but I think it's the best 
single volume book on the Civil War that I would recommend to everybody who's interested in the time period. And then also the context of what freedom meant to people in the North and then people in the South thinking that they were fighting for their own individual, like we're going to secede like we did from the British Empire and what that meant. And then Lincoln's kind of at the center of it being like, now we're going to, we got to stay together. Um, And then the documentary, of course, that is the quintessential documentary on the Civil War is by Ken Burns. So it's the PBS documentary in nine parts that I've seen probably two or three times all the way through. He's got so many different narrators and historians that talk about it, and it's the best documentary of the Civil War that exists that's out there. Is that one on Netflix? It was. I don't know if it is anymore. I think they're on Amazon Prime these days, uh, and I'm seriously considering watching it again because it's been a couple of years since I've seen it. But... To me, it does the best job, and he is well-known for being probably one of the best documentarians that's around. Um, but he takes, you know, stories from the lowliest private from their diaries and then all the way up to Lincoln's letters and his diaries. And I feel like from that documentary, I got more behind-the-scenes look at the presidency and how he actually was feeling than some of the books that I was reading. So what's the second thing you want to talk about? <laughs> Uh, well, I might have another one to add on here because when you were talking about, um, the comprehensive civil war book that was really talking about freedom, um, I don't know how often they talked about the slavery aspect of that, that freedom from slavery was obviously the center of the civil war. Yeah, it's brought up a lot. (laughs) No matter, no matter how many, um textbooks in texas want to make it sound like that's not what it was about a book that is on my to be read list and last year at this time it's february everybody that's black history month if you weren't paying attention um last year at this time i picked up the warmth of other suns by isabel wilkerson as a book to start in february just to learn about a piece of black history that i didn't know enough about that was the great migration um stamped from the beginning by ibram x kendi is the definitive history of racist ideas in america and so it obviously stamped from the beginning it goes back to um the beginning of America from um, Cotton Mather and Thomas Jefferson all the way to abolitionists to W.E.B. Du Bois to Angela Davis and shows how and why pro-slavery and then pro-civil rights thinkers have challenged or have put forth racist ideas in America. And I don't know that Lincoln is in that book, but I think when you're talking about his legacy and talking about the Civil War and everything that happened, that that would be a good companion to that, Um, especially because, like you said, so often Lincoln gets glorified and sometimes the Civil War is cast in a certain light in history and you need to look at the darkest, ugliest part of it too. So um, when I learn about civil war stuff i'm so much less interested in the military aspects and i'm so much more interested in the freedom and liberation and underground railroad and um 
that's one that I have on my list. And I just thought I would bring that up because I think that that's going to be my um, Black History Month read. I'll read it throughout the year because it's really long. And that's what I did with The Warmth of Other Suns. But um, now is just a good time to pick up that book and um, just get educated about, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that's just not in the textbooks. Yeah. I mean, and you bring up a good point where these large volumes can be intimidating, but it's not something that you have to finish like right away. You can take it piece by piece and do it over a long period of time. I did that last year with the Hemingses of Monticello for my Black History Month read. And then I've done that with a lot of presidential biographies too, where you just take it little bits at a time while you're reading other things. Yeah, you didn't read Battle Cry of Freedom in one weekend. No. <laughs> Wish I could. Didn't. Um, the other book that I really, really like that's very loosely tied to Lincoln, the thread is The Pinkerton Detectives. Ooh, yep. Maybe you are would be better about sharing a little bit about what the Pinkerton Detectives have to do with Lincoln. Well, just think of them as like a, the original... Secret Service? Secret, kind of like a, if you think of like the British Secret Service, not necessarily what the American Secret Service does, which is just protect the president and do other like treasury things. Think of them like spies and looking into finding spies that have infiltrated in the north and then kind of like a secret police angle. So there that history is fascinating to me. I oh, love yeah. books about the Pinkerton detectives. And uh, I believe that they actually thwarted Probably multiple, but at least one assassination plot specifically that Mm -hmm. I can think of. But I'm sure there were more than that. So um, An Extraordinary Union by Alyssa Cole is the first book in the Loyal League series. And this is about a Pinkerton detective, Malcolm McCall. And he is infiltrating the rebels in Virginia. And he meets up with Elle Burns, who is a freed slave. However, she returns to the South to be a slave undercover as a spy for the Union Army. Interesting. And so uh, they meet up and they uncover a plot and there's intrigue. But at the core of this, it is a romance novel. Alyssa Cole is so fantastic with historical detail though that this is an incredibly rich romance novel and yes it is a little bit steamy and there's that romance element but I learned so much about history and the commentary from that time period that applies to today was phenomenal so I really loved the book Lincoln was mentioned in it because of the Pinkerton detectives but it's just that's that's my preferred aspect of Lincoln stuff is like the Pinkerton detectives. Okay, well, while he was doing his presidential thing, what were like what were the people doing? Like what were civilians doing <laughs> to fight for justice and fight for freedom because, you know, he's got this position of power. What were the people without power doing to fight? That's that's where my interest lies Mm -hmm. so anytime that you know i can see those connections across time periods that's my that's my kind of historical book nice good options yeah um so yeah this kind of ended up not just being about lincoln but i think that's okay (laughs) well we're doing you know a jumping off point yeah not necessarily like it doesn't have to be 100 percent in line it can just be a branching off with one topic curtis 
What is your recommendation for us this week? All right. So I'm talking about Avenue 5, which is a new show on HBO with Hugh Laurie. And I love him as an actor. I think he liked a lot of things that he's been in even back in the day when he was a comedic actor in Britain. So the way that I would describe the show is it's kind of Lord of the Flies-esque descent into like the baseless like humanity in a fancy cruise liner in space in the future. And it's by the creators of Veep, right? Yes. So it's uh, the creative minds behind Veep are making the show. It won't give too much away to say that they're on like this cruise in space that ends up going off course and they're going to be in space on the ship for multiple years longer than they were expecting to. So there's a little bit of the... There's aspects of Veep in it that I like where it's like people in power um, that are really incompetent and don't know what's going on. And then like the baseless like humanity where like the passengers are going to end up trying to overthrow. And then there's the Lord of the Flies aspect of that. So I'm interested to see where it's going. Some people that I've read talk about it say it's going to take like the first four or five episodes for it to find its legs. And I'm kind of seeing a little bit of that. Because it, it's a slow burner and building into it, but I think we're about about the four or five episode mark now, and it's starting to get pretty good. So I'm enjoying it. If you are watching it and kind of thinking it's a little bit boring, I'd say stick around for for a little bit. I think I watched the first two episodes with you, and then I kept watching. Uh, I I mean I liked it, but it yeah you're right it didn't hook me immediately, but it was something that I was like okay well I do like Hugh Laurie and uh. I like that there are quite a few lesser-known actors in it. Well, Josh Gad is the kind of billionaire. Yeah, that is um, interesting. Um, like, owner of the spaceship, and he does a great job. I like him. At being just a terrible person. Yeah, he does a great job. Um, and then Gabe from The Office, I don't know what his actual name is, but he's kind of like the um, passenger liaison. Yeah. And he does a, he's good, too. I like the mechanic... I forget, or the engineer. Yeah, I don't know what her name is, but she's awesome. But yeah, maybe I'll uh, give it more of a shot. But just saw a trailer for Outlander today, so (laughs) that's going to take up all my time. Okay, my recommendation is Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed, but specifically on audiobook. I listened to this one, thanks to uh, Libro.fm for the free copy, and this is a super buzzed about book. It's, I think BuzzFeed picked it as its book club selection. Maybe, I don't think Reese Witherspoon's been talking about it, but it's very like buzzy, new book, debut novel. And I think it's worth the hype. I loved it on audio. I thought the narrator did an excellent job about, of like highlighting nuances for each character. So the premise of the book is that Alix, spelled like Alex, but it's Alix, that says everything you need to know about her. Yeah. <laughs> she is a professional mom. She has two little girls and the baby she can kind of like take to work with her, but the toddler needs some special care. So she hires a nanny. She hires Amira. And Amira is kind of like struggling to figure out what she wants to do with her life. And this nanny job is good money. It's consistent. So 
she's just kind of going with the flow. It's not something she wants to do forever, but she ends up really liking the little girl that she's working with. Well, anyway, one night, Alix calls Amira because something happened at the house and she really needs Amira to come and pick up the little girl and just like take her from the house for a little bit. So Amira picks her up and they go to the fancy grocery store a couple blocks away and Amira is racially profiled. Amira is black and the little girl is white and basically someone at the store thinks that she like took the girl. So it becomes a whole thing. It's caught on tape. And that's all I'm going to say because everything that happens afterward took a totally unexpected turn and it's kind of bananas and also like believable. (laughs) So, and there's some really insightful social commentary in the story that I don't know that everyone would catch right away, but listening to it, I think highlighted a lot more of that for me. So highly recommend Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed, specifically on audiobook. Okay. That's that's all we have for today. All right. I, I hope that uh, if everyone had President's Day off last week that they were able to enjoy. And I also hope that people, well, obviously are reading about Black history every month, but specifically taking the nudge this month to pick up a book about some time period or figure from black history. Yeah. If I think we mentioned it earlier, but that Frederick Douglass book that just came out, I would wholeheartedly recommend. I think you haven't even read it yet. No, but I would like it's, it won the Lincoln prize. I looked, yeah. I looked back and it was the winner for 2019. So I, now I have to read it. Yes. Cause now, I talk, cause now I it has, you have to read it. <laughs> um, our upcoming buddy read this one's going to be really fun, is The Duchess Deal by Tessa Dare. Oh, it's spicy. <sighs> Curtis read it in two days. It was good. Also, <laughs> not like spoiler alert, but it was good. Um, it's going to be really fun to talk about, so make sure you're staying tuned for that episode a couple weeks from now. For news and announcements, make sure you connect with us on social media at he read, she read on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us, he read, she read podcast at gmail.com. And to find show notes, a list of every book that we mentioned today, go to hereadshereadorg click on podcast, and you can see our show notes for every episode there. A big thank you and shout out to our favorite audiobook service, Libro FM. It's pretty obvious from this episode that I've been using their subscription service a lot lately. So thank you so much, Libro. And thank you all for listening. Remember, the couple that reads together. Doesn't always have to like the same Lincoln books. Well, thank God for that. Uh, Also really glad that I don't have to watch Ken Burns with you. Marriage. (laughs) Just keep that in. (laughs) 